We are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 22. Yesterday we had done a verse which was 58-59. So I'll just do a recap of that verse. It is saying, it's a very important verse. Even though insulted, neglected, insulted, ridiculed and envied by bad men, or even though respect, repeatedly agitated by being beaten up, tied or deprived of one's occupation, spat upon or polluted with urine by ignorant people, one who desires the highest goal in life should be should in spite of all these difficulties use his intelligence to keep himself safe on the spiritual platform here this verse uh, says that you should not bother what other people do and other people say you know when they are trying to deride you they are trying to do something to you even if they are insulting you or saying certain words which may hurt you. But you just have to let it be. What are you supposed to do? Your main focus is only supposed to be your spiritual way. That means you have to bother about your spiritual growth. A spiritual does not translate into, uh, you know, like becoming a, a re religious person, but it translates into being the, a very good person an extremely beautiful human being and that is what we have to learn. So it means that you have to overcome your anger, your greed, your lust, all your negativity that is there. This is the basic criteria that is needed for being on the spiritual platform. So we ended yesterday over here. Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 11 Part 2 Chapter 22 we are doing verse 60. Today there are only two verses left, 60 and 61. We will finish that and then we will move on to a new chapter. Sri Uddhava said, O best of all the speakers, please explain to me how I may properly understand this. Verse 61 says, O soul of the universe, the conditioning of one's personality in material life is very strong. And therefore, it is very difficult even for learned men to tolerate the offences committed against them by ignorant people. Only your devotee who are fixed in your loving service and who have achieved peace by residing at your lotus feet are able to tolerate such offences. So, Uddhava said to Krishna, this is Uddhava Gita. So, Uddhava is saying to Krishna, you see Krishna, this Whatever lesson that you have taught me so far, it is the most difficult lesson of all because normal human being is not able to follow the simplest of the teachings as well. Just think about it. Nobody on earth, you see, the idea is that if you say, do this, a person is not able to perform that action. See, in the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna is told by Krishna, lift your bow and arrow and shoot. It's a simple teaching. It's a very, very simple job that he is supposed to do. And yet, Arjuna finds so many reasons for not doing it. Just imagine we human beings, we are so mediocre compared to an Arjuna in this world. If we are told that 
please do this. We are going to find a million ways on how we should not be doing those things. And Uddhava over here says exactly that. He says, you know, the only way I feel that human beings can perform action is if they are devoted to the feet of the Lord. Which means, complete devotion is the only way in which things will happen. Devotion is a very unique term. Now, what is this devotion? When we say, I am devoted, I am devoted to Krishna, the whole world, I mean, everybody around, if you go to all the temples around, they will say, yes, I am devoted to Krishna, I am devoted to the Lord. You go to the church also, everybody is going to say the same thing. So what is the difference between that devotion and this devotion which Uddhava is talking about? You see, that is called a very commonplace devotion. It is all about give and take. We go to the Lord, we go to the temple and the church and then we say, God, please do this for me. I am so grateful to you for giving me whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's either a thanksgiving or you have already submitted an application for the next desire of yours. It's so simple. It is, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this and I want this. And how does that work? If you are going to ask something from the Lord, you have not gone there with a clear intention. The intention of devotion not, is non-existent. <clears throat> See, your idea of going to a place of worship should not be to ask for some things. Have you noticed that when a mother is looking towards her son or daughter, she is not saying, oh, you have to come to me because I want this from you. No. She is just in love with him or her, the child. And it is unconditional love. Oh, this is another very, very important term, unconditional love. Unconditional love is a very unique term because everybody's love is conditional. We are conditioned human beings. And conditioned human beings who are not, sing, not having single-pointed devotion. This is what we have to learn today. What is this term called single-pointed devotion? What is single-pointed devotion? <clears throat> I have always told you all a story of Arjuna when his master says, that is Dronacharya says to all the students over there, the eye of the bird is what you got to hit. Take your bow and arrow and shoot the eye of the bird. Which means you have to only look at the target, not anything else. But what happens is, human beings have peripheral vision. They want to know what is going around them. They want to actually try to understand, Oh, is this what is happening? Is that what is happening? Who is this? Who is that? 
a few days ago i was driving i don't have vision in the night and i do not have peripheral vision by the way i cannot see on my right and my left the only vision that i have is bang in front i i think most of the cells are missing in my eyes so i do not have peripheral vision if anybody is talking to me also i'll have to turn towards that person to listen to that person or look at that person but otherwise i do not have peripheral vision so if you say from the corner of my eye i can see something on my left hand side or my right hand side no i can't see and there are two rear view mirrors on the car one on right hand side and one on the left hand side i cannot look into those because i have to still turn my head in this direction so the only direction i can see is bang in front i was driving on the highway at breakneck speed in the middle of the night and there was nothing that was going wrong because it was a single pointed action that was happening normally people have their mind in play when you are driving also or when you are doing something your mind is constantly at play you are thinking about 100 different things going around in your world there is no need to do that you need to be only focused on that one activity incidentally this activity which is spoken of as a single pointed devotion there is a small rider in that let me tell you what the rider is the rider is human beings can work in a single pointed devotion that means in a one single pointed way but what happens to the spiritually perfect people the spiritually perfect people are on autopilot in their world everything happens automatically they are not even involved in the action so they are looking straight but they are not seeing straight there is nothing there to see everything is happening in the most perfect manner as if they are being driven rather they are driving so i hope you understand there is a big difference between uh, human beings who have this single pointed devotion and the spiritually perfect people who are driven by the devotion of god two separate things but let us just focus on the human aspect of what is called single pointed devotion so we will move to the next chapter where Krishna is going to tell a very very interesting story because it's a question which plagues everybody how do i achieve this thing because it's not so easy i mean it's very easy to say yes i am devoted to you yes i i, I am having you know unconditional love for the lord or whatever but we are not able to achieve it because of our normal you know nature and that is what he says this offense committed against them you are fixed in your loving service oh soul of the universe the conditioning of one's personality we are conditioned human beings how are we conditioned we are conditioned in a very very peculiar way we have got used to the methods that we employ whether it is eating whether it is drinking whether it is sleeping you know those who are used to sleeping in a particular posture 
always want to sleep in that posture. I am sure, you know, there is a person in your vicinity who snores a lot. And if you see that person who snores a lot, you know, he will lie in one particular position and snore away to glory. And then if you slightly tilt that person, the snore vanishes. <laughs> I hope you have seen that. Why? Because we are so used to our own states. And we immediately switch to that. You see, everybody says, I will do this and I will do that and I will be good. Unfortunately, less than a minute later, you are back to your old self. It's like the dog's tail. The dog's tail is curved. You try to straighten it out, it never happens. So then Krishna has to give us some answer. So we will move on to the next chapter. This is chapter 23. The song of Avanti Brahmana. So this is the story of Brahmana who is going to give us some understanding about what Uddhava has asked Krishna. So, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 23, The Song of Avanti Brahmana, Verse 1 says, Sukhdev Goswami said, Lord Mukunda, the chief of Dasaras, having thus been respectfully requested by the best of his devotees, Sri Uddhava, first acknowledged the fitness of his servant's statement. Then the Lord, whose glorious exploits are most worthy of being heard, began to reply to him. Lord Krishna said, O disciple of Brahaspati, there is virtually no saintly man in this world capable of resettling his own mind after it has been disturbed by the insulting words of uncivilized men. So, Sudeva Swami is continuing with his story. He says, when Krishna was told by Uddhava, I was asked by Uddhava, can you please explain to me, how are we supposed to overcome this simple thing, which because of our tendencies, we are not able to do it. So can you please explain to us? So Krishna first has to acknowledge, yes, it's right. You see, the simplest of the things are the most difficult to understand. Why? Because we are conditioned human beings. We are used to certain ways because of our inherent nature. Inherent is inbuilt nature. We have it in our blood, by the way. There is no way in which you can get out of it. Because of our inherent nature, we are used to these methods. So then, how do you have single-pointed devotion? So Lord Krishna says to him, he says to Uddhava, O disciple of Brahaspati, there is virtually no saintly man in this world capable of resettling his own mind after it has been disturbed by the insulting words of uncivilized men. When people insult you, the insult is could be any kind. Are you able to settle your mind instantly? No. Even the most saintly people cannot do that. They are not able to overcome their mind. 
See, I'm using a word over here which is constantly being emphasized. It's called M-I-N-D. Mind. Nobody is able to overcome their mind, including the saintly type of people. So first let us acknowledge this, that if you are insulted, it's not going to be so easy to overcome whatever that has happened. You are going to be disturbed. Let us acknowledge it at once. But what is the most important part in this line? He is saying the insult is going to touch you. It is as if if I take a needle and I poke it, I am sure to feel the pain. Why? Because I have nerves, I have everything in my body and it is definitely going to hit me. So, an insult when it touches me. This insult is actually touching my mind. You understand what I am saying? A physical touch or a hurt hurts the outermost body. The outermost body is there. You feel hurt. Say if somebody comes and pinches you. Then what happens? You are definitely going to get upset about it. And you will feel the pinch. This is known. And this is a physical reaction. Whereas insult, you are hearing it with your ear. It is going towards your mind. Remember the whole passage that we last time described. It is going inside your mind. And that cauldron, you know, that walk that is there inside called the mind. Of course, it's going to create a lot of problems. It is literally like pouring water into hot oil. Have you ever done that? You know what happens? The whole thing. And you had it. Of course, it's going to cause a lot of problem. This is an acknowledged fact. But the one thing missing over here. There is no need of a reaction. <laughs> but this is the one part which is missing from us. So we are going to learn that today. So how is Krishna going to teach us? Let us see what he says. Sharp arrows which pierce one's chest and reach the heart do not cause as much suffering as the arrows of harsh insulting words that become lodged within the heart when spoken by uncivilized men. This is exactly what I explained just now. You see, if an arrow or something pointed hits you, naturally you are going to feel physically hurt. But it is more hurtful when people say hurtful things. Because we are not able to cope up with hurtful things. It's so simple. In this world, there are people with color. In India, there are people from the northeast. They have slightly different kinds of eyes. And the people, the general populace, wants to point it out to them. That, oh, you look like this. And the moment it is told, they get very angry. In the same way, a dark-skinned person, if you tell the dark-skinned person, 
you are a blackie or you are a dark skin fellow or you are whatever he gets very upset you know we are used to calling you are a dunce you are an idiot i think this is a very common phrase with <laughs> that we hear even in our class so people they have a general tendency don't be an idiot don't be stupid it's a no very normal course of talk we just say the words but it hurts the other person oh he's calling me an idiot do you think i'm stupid this hurts a person a lot so krishna is saying these words yes the words hurt a person a lot do you know there is another thing which actually hurts a person a lot unspoken words unspoken words are more hurtful than spoken words do you know the reason why what is hidden has got more value than what is open okay i think i'll i'll use a very stupid example you know you go to the beach i mean abroad not in india and you find everybody is in a bikini and nobody cares to look at another person <laughs> whereas if everybody is dressed properly and one person is dressed inappropriately in a conference or in a hall just imagine everybody is wearing a black color in a black or gray or white and there is one person wearing red it's a stand out color everybody is going to look at that person oh that person <laughs> we are so used to it and the unspoken word happens at that point in time you know in the minds of every person over there what a stupid person he has no common sense doesn't understand that this is a black tie or this kind of a place you know you are supposed to come appropriately dressed okay and that hurt carries a lot more this is an unspoken thing even when you go for a function if you go for some conference or if you are going some place if you are watching people just by the look in their eyes that you can make out you know oh this person is talking like this and what is that unspoken thing it is actually happening in your mind all the words are getting imprinted in the mind though nothing is spoken over there but your mind is going on at a very high speed you know typing it out it just carries on and that is where the problem is so both the kinds of things hurt the person's heart quite a lot my dear uddhava in this regards the most pious story is told and i shall now describe it to you please listen with careful attention once a certain sanyasi was insulted in many ways by impious men however with determination he remembered that he was suffering the fruit of his own previous karma i will narrate to you this story and that which he spoke now Krishna is now going to tell us a story. In that he says that there was a brahmana. He was insulted by many people. Impious people around, he was insulted by them. 
but with determination he remembered he was suffering the fruits of his own previous karma this is an extremely important line why do things happen to you if somebody is insulting you if somebody is saying something to you if somebody does something to you why are they doing it they are doing it it's a return gift to you by the way you understand what a return gift is it's a return gift of your karma you have performed exactly the reverse of that let us say that person is calling you names why is he calling you names is because you have called him names in the previous life somewhere it's a return gift to you isn't it in this world karma equalizes there has to be a balance you know book has to be balanced so if you have to balance the book there is no way in which you can say oh he is doing it to me for the first time there is no first time like that it's a return the whole thing comes right round they say na the world goes right round so exactly what has happened but we do not remember that in the most crucial circumstances we always tend to forget we think oh this person is acting so mean to me see why is he acting mean to me because you were mean to that person somewhere down the line it's a reverse thing isn't it huh so let us see how it works so we are going to talk about one story where this brahmana is insulted and he has to undergo certain issues in the country of avanti there once lived a certain brahmana who was very rich and gifted with all opulences and who was engaged in the occupation of commerce and he was a miserly person lusty greedy and very prone to anger common thing isn't it so we are talking about one brahmana he was staying in one city called avanti he was like every other human being on earth his senses were out of control so he was lusty greedy and prone to anger you may say that i am not none of those lusty doesn't basically translate into you know like one of the filmy villains who is lusting after some no 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 it means you are basically involved in your regular activities which are lust lusting doesn't translate directly into you know your saliva is dripping and all that kind of nonsense no it means that you are used to your normal life also so this person was used to his normal life and what can what is what does this second word greedy mean greedy means every person is interested in some growth but maybe this brahmana was interested in better better than all of us he wants to achieve more and more and more so let us see what this brahmana does in his home devoid of all religiosity and lawful sense gratification the family members and guests were never properly respected even with words he would not allow even sufficient gratification of his own body at the suitable times now his story is beginning it is told that in his house there were wife children and everybody around all relatives were there maybe his old parents were there we don't know but everybody in the house that was there 
he did not treat them properly at all. Just think, if the child says to the father, Father, I want a lollipop, I want a chocolate. What would he do? <laughs> not today, I cannot give it to you. For everything he had a negation. He would not treat anybody properly. If some guest would come, he would say, just give them a glass of water and ask them to go. I mean, just imagine this kind of situation where we have been taught to be very, very kind to people who come to our place. Whereas he is treating them in the more, most irreligious ways, not welcoming them. When we enter a class, don't we wish our teacher good morning teacher or whatever? Yes. Mannerisms, you know, manners. We are taught very simple manners by our parents and teachers, you know. We are supposed to do that. Whereas this person was not doing even that. So when guests themselves were not treated properly, even with words, he was not even interested in saying good morning, good evening, good night or whatever. He was just, okay, you know how a grumpy old man is? <laughs> if you have seen that, you know, so White and the Seven Dwarf, there is grumpy over there. <laughs> so, early in the morning, he is grumpy. There is anger sitting on top of his nose. Don't know why. So, such kind of a person. He would not even allow sufficient gratification for his own body at the suitable times. Means what? That means very simply, now just imagine there are lots of people in this world, very simple task is, an important task is to be done. Of going from one place to another, it takes one hour to walk down, it takes 10 minutes by a cab, you take a bus, it may take 20-25 minutes because the bus takes time to come. This person would rather walk. You understand? He would not go into the simple things in life like even taking a bus. He would rather avoid spending that money. So very miserly kind of a person. So his attitude towards his own self was also like that. Since he was so hard-hearted and miserly, his sons-in-laws, wife, daughter and servants began to feel inimical towards him. Becoming disgusted, they would never treat him with affection. Normally, we have such kind of people in our world and what do we do to these kind of people? We treat them inimically. That means we don't treat them nicely at all. We know very well this fellow is an idiot. He doesn't talk to me properly. We also act in a similar manner. So everybody in his family, including his wife, his children, his in-laws, whoever there were, they were inimical towards him and they would not treat him with affection at all. In this way, the presiding deities of the five family sacrifices became angry at the Brahmana, who being niggardly, guarded his wealth like a yaksha who had no good destination either in this world or the next and who was totally deprived of religiosity and sense enjoyment. 
Yes, an important line over here is the presiding deity of five family sacrifices became angry at the Brahmana. This sounds very much a religious kind of you know, line, but actually it is not. The five family sacrifices and the presiding deities. Who are the presiding deities of the five family sacrifices? Family is a group of people, isn't it? We are a group of people related to each other. A family is a relatives, isn't that so? Now let us say there is something happening in the family. Are you supposed to be participating in it or not? So if there is a function, let us say a Thanksgiving has gone now. Now let us say the Christmas is around the corner and if there is a Christmas celebration. There are five people in the family. Are they not supposed to get together and enjoy the same feast, whatever festival that is going on? Yes. But let us say one behaves in a very, very niggardly fashion and says, no, I don't want to come. I don't want to be a part of this celebration. What happens to the rest of them? Don't they feel bad? Are they not affected? Everybody is getting affected in this. So now think about these five family deities. Who are they? We have the family is your body, your entire being. We perform sacrifices on a day-to-day -day basis. Which means we see we hear, we touch, we smell, we taste. Isn't it? Similarly, we perform actions. These five deities connected to these very, very important functions. Now let us say the eyes. If they stop functioning, then what happens? You are going to get into very big trouble. And what is the trouble? You will have lesser vision. You will not be able to see. Similarly, if your ears start ringing or they stop hearing, then what happens? Your hearing is impaired. Right? You are not able to hear much. You become deaf. So now imagine all these things are a part of one family. What happens to the human being? The human being himself gets affected, isn't it? Suppose you are not able to hear something, then what happens? Have you ever gone to a movie where there are no subtitles? I mean, in Netflix there are lots of movies that are going on. And there are some words saying, said in Chinese and there are no subtitles. You are watching the movie and you are wondering, what is that fellow saying? I don't understand. <laughs> it is, isn't it very funny? Huh? It's exactly the thing. Imagine you can hear the words but the screen is blank. Even in my satsang, suppose the screen goes blank and you can only hear the words. 
you know you are going to get very upset by it so many a times it is very difficult for you to focus on that object to try to understand you you have seen news readers you see the same news reader every day by the way you see the news reader performing the same action whereas you you can see me my hands are going here and there my actions are going on i am talking into the camera you, i can see you all you can see me what is there to see you will say i see the same person every day what is the point in seeing that person can i close my eyes and i can just hear him <laughs> no you want to see also whether you like it or not and you want to hear also if i just you know mute my microphone for 2 minutes you know you are going to keep on fiddling is something wrong is something wrong <laughs> you are going to fiddle with your system try to find is something wrong now think about it this brahmana is going through similar kind of circumstances where the deities that are they are not performing in him then what happens O magnanimous Uddhava, by his neglect of these demigods, he depleted his stock of piety and all his wealth. The accumulation of his repeated exhaustive endeavors were totally lost. You know, this is a very very important line for all of us. Why? Because we work hard towards achieving something. Really very hard. If we want to really. get to some position in our life what do we do we study hard we work hard so if it is a question of achieving the highest qualification in our life we study really very hard and imagine the last year of your college something drastic happens to you what happens to the degree after that you don't get it then what happened to all those years of efforts that you have put in they come to a not that's it imagine the situation in our life we have worked very very hard in building a house you know there is a, a there is a volcano erupting right now it is in bali and that place that place is that particular volcano is called mount agung i have sat on another mountain facing it having a meal we were watching how the volcano is erupting i have seen this i think five times in my life i've gone to that place and now today early in the morning there was a warning signal that the eruption could be very very violent it could destroy not only the cities around that place the whole uh, you know villages around that place but the amount of ash and smoke it is going to spew it is going to cover this entire earth so forget about the closer places even places like india or africa may get affected then what happens so this is what i mean when something 
that is going on for a very very long time you are trying to put the whole thing together have you seen the dominoes you know people pile up the dominoes very nicely they take efforts in putting up and with one stroke they just tap it and the whole thing falls the whole thing falls all over the place if you go to instagram or youtube there are people who set up huge piles of dominoes so that when they fall they form a pattern imagine you doing that you are trying to climb a mountain and at the last step you slip and you fall down we human beings want to always gather good karma good karma means good work by the way we always want to help people we always want to be nice we always want to be kind this that all those things now somewhere down the line just one small single stroke thap and everything goes for a toss just a few days ago i mean maybe a day or two a person who has never spoken any bad word in life suddenly uttered a bad word and everybody around were very stung by it how can that person say this bad word so what happened to all those years that you have kept quiet they all come to a knot isn't it it is like being a virgin and one one fine day you go and do whatever you want to and everything is over i think about it you have become a priest and then one fine day or oh, you are caught and oh this is this person is a pedophile finished the whole career has come to a zero it happens to most of the big people by the way and it is not so easy okay you have to understand to maintain that integrity in life is the most difficult thing in the world the integrity means to continue on the path without wavering here and there is the most difficult in the world just two days ago i heard about one person this lady who is who was also the vice principal or principal of some college or something and she had gone for a very regular checkup and now she has maintained herself so many years i think she must be nearly my age two daughters who are studying in i think married or settled i don't know what they are doing but in the united states and this lady is in india she is, she was a principal or something of a college she goes for a checkup and during the checkup she is told that she is most likely in the final stages of her colon cancer can you imagine the entire life which she might have built up over a period of time suddenly comes to a grinding halt everything gets destroyed in that one moment it is exactly the way how our integrity and our karma works 
we should try to always maintain our own you know the beautiful ways that we are born with try to be the good human being that we are even a simple action can completely grind to a halt everything that is that we have put it up from so coming back to this the accumulation of his repeated exhaustive endeavors was totally lost so we were talking about this brahmana he had done so many things put up the money together everything and suddenly one fine day everything came to a halt and not some of his wealth of the so called brahmana was taken away by his relatives my dear uddhava some by thieves some by whims of providence some by effects of time some by ordinary men and some by government authorities all the things that he had gathered in life came to a complete grinding halt the money which he had accumulated imagine a man accumulates wealth so that he can have a very good retired life and something like 2008 happens the housing companies collapse this that so many things happened imagine that kind of a plight happening to a person everything comes to a grinding halt there is nothing over there his wealth was plundered the relatives came and took it away thieves came and took it away providence so everything was completely destroyed finally when his property was completely lost he who never engaged in religiosity or sense enjoyment became ignored by his family members thus he began to feel unbearable anxiety having lost all his wealth he felt great pain and lamentation his throat choked up with tears and he meditated for a long time on his fortune then a powerful feeling of renunciation came over him so these two verses i will explain to you finally when his property was lost what happens what happens to a human being when everything gets lost and by the way it happens to literally everybody there are so many people who have filed for bankruptcy in india also there are so many people who have come down to the streets and things have gone out of hand the money goes away continuously i mean there's nothing left over there i still remember the place where i was born the place where i was born they owned 27 massive properties in the entire street the street was named after them the town was named after this person where i was born they had so many cars that they had their old petrol bunk they had they had they had their own petrol pump because they could fill the petrol in their own cars 27 massive buildings one after the other and the entire colony belonged to this one family this one place where i was born slowly today there is nothing left over there absolutely nothing 
just the name that place only goes by the name there is nothing left over there they were owners of mines and properties and this and that and everything got finished similarly the kings and the queens of this world also lost their properties imagine one fine day nothing is left we have seen these stories happening to us this is a these are big people but let us see the smallest of the person who has worked continuously in their life at the end of their life what happens the son or the daughter files a case against them and the court rules in their favor and they are lost they are left with nothing this is the case which happens with many people around us again a mother and a father they might have put so much of love in their children one fine day what happens the child disappears the man says i don't want to see my mother and father the woman says i don't want to see my mother and father i just want to go away i hate those people then what happened to the years and years of love that is put in this is the story of every human being by the way it's not just that brahmana story it's our own story whether it's the money in the bank whether it is the love that we have for children and for other people or whether you think you have built a reputation over the years the reputation can get sullied in one instant your property can get destroyed your business which you might have taken years and years and years to build suddenly doesn't exist i was talking to somebody just two days ago and i asked him yesterday and i asked him what happened to the bank next door there used to be a very big bank which was so busy and he says oh the bank got merged with another bank but what happened to the branch over here this man says don't you know what is happening in this world everything is by means of your apps internet banking who is going to go to the bank what happens to the cashier over there there is no work for the cashier there is no work for any of the staff inside because everything is computerized automated the bank doesn't need staff there is no need of a pun there is no need of a branch manager why does a company have to spend on premises companies like amazon and you know alibaba have created a virtual economy in space you don't need stores you don't need places to go and buy stuff at all you don't need places you don't need people i can directly on the internet through my app or through my laptop i can order things everything is over the way we had thought of this world suddenly the banking industry and every other industry is at its wits end they don't know what to do because everything is now coming to a halt the same thing happened to this man the brahmana literally lost everything then what happens to the human being 
when everything is lost what does he have left only that time which says i should have done something i have to now think of something different and what does he do he gets into an intense feeling of renunciation i hate this but i want to give up everything what do you want to do you want to give up everything you want to be a renunciate you just don't want to be a part of this world everybody has taken your money everybody has taken away your happiness everybody has taken away whatever that you think you own including your own you know whatever you felt i own this this is mine all that mine has gone is no longer a mine by the way it's empty there is nothing there everybody has come and taken away the gold everybody has come and taken away the oil you, you know what happens to the oil wells and the gold mines and all everything finishes over there nobody goes to that place once again that's what happens you feel neglected you feel hurt you feel you don't know what you are going to do this is exactly where we come to and yes we have come to a very very crucial stage in the story where the man has lost everything and he is feeling as if the whole world has collapsed around him so he is going to do something which is called rejection of everything and in that rejection he says i renounce this world you know i am going to leave you with one thought we human beings are exactly like this we do exactly the same way you know if i point out a mistake of a person that person says i am never going to do this again i don't even want to get into that direction i will not even do this why suppose there is an argument between two people and the person loses the argument or whatever what does that person say i will never talk to this person ever again isn't that what happens it's a reaction do you know what is building up now this is called hurt ego what we are building up is called hurt ego doesn't it doesn't it tell you that i am hurt i am upset i am always at fault people are blaming me i have lost everything no doesn't doesn't the person say this i have lost everything i built this in so many years and now nobody is there with me i me myself the biggest ego of all it is called the hurt ego you know it is easy to get over a bloated ego but difficult to get over a hurt ego if two friends if they fight over something and they go away feeling hurt do you know how difficult it is to put them together again it's like amti dumpty you cannot put him together again so the hurt ego is the worst ego and at that point in time because of all these things you want to renounce the world so this man does exactly that renounce the world 
so we will stop over here and i will continue ne next week so we had stopped at verse 13 so next time we will start 14 onwards but we have come to a very very crucial stage i just do a recap of what we did today we ended the last chapter in which we did just two verses Uddhava asked Krishna a question. He says, Krishna, can you please tell me how do you have devotion towards your lotus feet? How do I overcome this thing? Which is connected to my body, mind and senses. Then in the next verse, next new chapter, Krishna says, I understand you are going through all these problems. So I am going to tell you a story which will explain to you what is it that you can do. So a story begins where a Brahmana explains, there is a very rich Brahmana. He has piled up money, this, that, so many other things. He has a family. But he was very stingy. He didn't want to spend on himself or the family or anybody. Everybody is against him. And... Finally, in the end, the inevitable happens, everything goes for a toss. There is no wealth left, everybody leaves him, so he is left with absolutely nothing. In that case, he is supposed to now bother about his own world, that, that tiny world of his. So he has undergone a state of renunciation. I want to give up this, I want to give up that, I just want to run away somewhere and go and stay in a closet myself in some place. That is the extreme case of renunciation which happens to him. 